Hello, everyone. This is Meredith with a Y, and I am your host, Meredith Willits. Today, we are going to go deep, changing lives, and I am giving you the keys to the castle. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meredith with a Y. I am your host, Meredith Willits, and I have a super special guest here today to start and kick off my series, uh, People of Color in the Workplace, in the World, and all that great stuff. Her name is Maygene Williams, fashion and wardrobe stylist. She has been at the New York Fashion Week. She has been at Essence Fest. She has been featured recently in Voyage Miami Magazine. She has been all over and she is fierce, amazing, bold, opulent. All those wonderful words that I love that you've used on your Instagram account. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your time and space and energy and just everything with me today and everyone else. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm a fan of Meredith as well. So even though she's speaking all these things about me, I'm super like grateful to be here because I just love speaking to her and I love her energy. So this is going to be fun. So fun. And yes. it's it's crazy because when I met you, I was in fashion. I was doing the fashion world yes, in yes. Fort Lauderdale and, yep. and you were doing part in our style Yep. and we would run into each other. Yes everywhere. I mean, it's yep. like, there they are. And it's this mm -hmm. wonderful, beautiful, familiar face. Yes. And we would stand in line together at all these events mm -hmm. <laughs> and yep. kind of like mull around and figure out yep. what we were supposed to do next. Mm -hmm. And, and now you've moved from pardon our style yes. over to NPR style. Yep. And you're I, I would I would say solo, but you're so far from solo because you're everywhere with amazing people and I'm watching you all over Instagram doing it. Yeah. So to backtrack a little bit, I initially started a, as a duo mm -hmm. initially. And what ended up happening is, is that the energy shifted as far as what I wanted to do and what someone else wanted to do as far as a partnership. And the thing about a partnership, it's always so beautiful when it starts and it's still beautiful when it ends. It's just one of those things that in, in order for me to grow, I had to kind of part ways from that partnership because we kind of started wanting different things. But Pardon Our Style is such a big, still such a big part of my story because I think that without Pardon Our Style, A, I wouldn't, definitely wouldn't be here, right? And it opened up so many other doors for me along the way. So I never regret that partnership. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity, obviously to have partner style because it really taught me a lot about who I am and kind of what I want and things that I don't want. So I'm grateful for it for sure. But partner style was definitely a big part of my journey for sure. Huge. And you know, you and I have talked in the past, so you're yeah. Haitian American. Yes. Your yes. family comes from Haiti. You yes. are first generation. I'm second generation. So my parents were born in Haiti and me and my sister were born here in the States. So I'm second generation. Okay. Almost kind of first-ish. I don't know. Like if you were the first generation born here, that would almost yes. be. So I'm first, first generation. Yeah. I always thought it was second because yeah, 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 you're right. Because my, my nephews would be second generation. That's yeah. absolutely How so, crazy is that? Very much so. Yeah. So being Haitian is such a big part of who I am just in general. I think when I was younger, I never... I never realized how much my culture was a part of me until I got older. And then I'm like, kind of like 
in, in the work field or just doing things and you realize how everything, all the lessons you learned or other things that you thought you wouldn't do or didn't care to do, you were doing because of the fact <laughs> that you were Haitian. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just mom's, voice. mom's voice is in your yes. ear. Right? Auntie's yes. voices are in your ear. Like it's yes. that blood is running through your skin. Absolutely. Whether you like it or not, it is Absolutely. coming out of you everywhere. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. Go. So to give you a backstory about Haiti, obviously it's the first independent um, country, like as far as like African Americans or black people really, who they're the first country to get their own independence. So there is a sense of strength that Haitians have and a sense of pride that they have that I don't think I would be who I am had I not had that really. There's a sense of kind of knowing who you are and representing that. My parents weren't super, super strict growing up, but I do have a lot of Haitian friends where their parents were super strict. And I think that if you're going to do something, especially in the Haitian community, if you're going to do something, you got to do it at a hundred percent. Like there's no like doing it half-ass, right? Can yeah. I say that? Yeah, can you I can. It's okay. okay. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, lots of squares. Uh, it's fine. Yeah. So I think that in general, I believe that being Haitian and even just like the culture, the dressing, the colorful things that I like to wear, how I like to mix prints has so much to do with where I come from that I didn't realize it until I got older. And I grew up in a house with like all my aunts, my mom's sisters and big family. And I promise you, like they don't even, I don't even think they realized how much of an impact they had on me because when I get dressed, I think of my aunts and it's so much fun to me because they used to make it like a party to get dressed. Like it would be like this whole thing because they used to, they, in the Haitian community, they have this thing called bals where you get dressed and you, you get up and you kind of put all this makeup. It's just kind of like a big scene and you're really going just to show up, show up your outfit. That's really what you're doing. Now, so, is that a Haitian thing like in Haiti or is that yeah, like well, of the people? So a bal is called like, it's kind of like a ball, like a okay. dance. Okay. So what they would do is they would have it at like clubs in so in New York the community the Haitian community got really big because a lot of Haitians flew from obviously came from uh, Haiti directly to New York so the the community grew very much so and I'm initially from Jamaica Queens so okay. like you know they would have parties and the community was basically people that you knew in Haiti and they have now gathered in the states and they have made it like a whole community yeah. so they would have like parties and they did Buzz in Haiti as well, but now you have the money to dress the way you want to dress because you're working and you, you know what I mean? You have this sense of, oh, mama, I made it. Like you really made it because you're here in the States. You have some opportunities that you didn't have in Haiti, obviously. So I think for them, it was kind of like a sense of showing off. My dad, there's a funny story about my dad. He used to have keys that he used to like, he didn't have a car yet. This is when he first came to the States. He was probably like, maybe 15, 16, and he would go to like events or whatever, or go to like a soccer game. And he would like be clicking his keys just to like show off as if he had a car and he was oh. going on the train. But it's just all the, the, those stories are just kind of ways of telling you like, and now he owns three cars. So it's just, <laughs> it's just how like in life is, it always comes full circle. But I love those stories because I feel like yeah. it kind of makes you understand a, you know, gets, gets you to understand why you are who you are and, you know, the way you think and the way you do things. And my dad was a shelbe, is what they say in Creole, meaning he was a show off. Like, 
he would have like, he had his little leather, his leather purse, which was a man purse, but it was leather. And he would kind of like carry it and he would have all his stuff in there. And he, people would make fun of him. But it's so funny now, guys wear man purses all the time. Yeah. It's like the, cool the thing. purse. Yeah. The purse. <laughs> yeah. So, so. What, what's so interesting, like when I'm like watching you describe all that, it's just yeah. like, it's a continuation. So it's like yeah. the colors, the prints, the vibrancy, the energy, yeah. the excitement, yes. Yes. the coming together and celebration. It's literally... It's just, it's just transferred yeah. into, yeah. okay, how can I use these clothes to, to still express myself, to still carry yeah. that, that Haitian energy yeah. of, of excitement yeah. of, because to me, what it sounds like you're describing is like a celebration of life. It is. And culture is, yeah. and food. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I actually, I just recorded a podcast yesterday for, to, to kick off this series. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about how it's important that we come together, but it's okay to still have your own space. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. And, it, and it's super, it's, it's, it's honoring the food, the culture, the music, the tradition, the dress, the, 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 the religion, whatever mm-hmm. it is that makes Irish, uh, Italian, Haitian, African, Jamaican, yeah, Jamaican, all of, it. All of Absolutely. those things Absolutely. we need to honor and look at. Yeah. And go, okay, that's really cool. Yeah. I'm loving that. And yeah. it's okay that they have, and that's not a segregation of them versus us, you know, like, exactly. a celebration yeah. of that moment. Like we would never exactly. go to Little Italy and think, oh, well, they're just trying to have their own tribe. Exactly. No. And, and, it's, yeah, and then the thing about it is, is that you, you just have to respect other people's cultures because I yep. think, and that's another reason why I, I love the idea of traveling and, and believe in traveling. Ugh. And and when you get into these spaces, you should try these things because yeah. of the fact that it's just kind of saying, I want to learn more about who you are as, as you want to learn more about who I am. So yeah. why not embrace it more so in a way that you respect it? But just because I say, you know, Haitian girls rock doesn't mean I'm saying that that white girls don't rock. I'm just saying right. Haitian girls rock. So it's just a segregated thing it has nothing to do with anyone else but yourself at that moment. Yeah, and, and I, I think it's very difficult to yep. to explain that to some people because I think for so long it wasn't something that we we celebrated as often because I think now with social media and you have the opportunity to kind of like speak your piece and and be proud. I think that you should kind of learn more as much as you can. Like it's an open book. Yeah. Like there's so much Google everything everything yeah yeah so when you took that transition from Mm -hmm. girl dressing up woman Mm -hmm. dressing up and having fun with your aunties and with your friends and family and then you said okay this is way more than dressing up this is actually a passion this is a part of who I am and what I want to do okay that's the other part about being Haitian so like had I woke up and told my parents, oh, like, I don't want to go to college or I want to maybe go to fashion school. My dad says now, oh, I would have supported it. And, <laughs> sure, and I'm not saying if I would have probably persisted, maybe he would have. My, and that's another thing, too, is my parents were very Americanized. But I think even back in the days, I think styling and, and fashion wasn't really kind of a, more of a business as it is now. But they didn't see that for me. They wanted me, I was supposed to become a lawyer. Like I went to school, I became a paralegal instead because I realized I definitely didn't want to go to law school. Like that's just something I, I knew for sure that I didn't want to do, but I knew I always was into fashion. Like always, like I could walk into a room and remember everything someone has on. Like I'll be watching a show with my husband and I'll be like, 
so why did they put her in those shoes? Or why, why did she decide to do that with that? Like, it's in my mind. And I knew that it was something that was kind of breathing inside of me. And I know my parents initially were disappointed when I said I wasn't going to go to law school. And I, you know, I was just like, you know, that's just not for me. I don't foresee myself doing that. Fast forward to getting married. You know, I moved to Miami from Orlando. And I told my husband, I said, I like... I need to do fashion. Like, this is what I want to do. And of course he was fully supportive. He was like, then do it. Like go out there network and see who, see what you can do and who you can meet and just kind of like step out there. Like, if you really want to do this, do it. Like, don't talk about it, just do it. And so I started going to events, emailing different companies to intern and do different things like that. And that's how I met Natia, my styling partner. And that's how we started partner style. But I say this to say that my parents weren't on board and the community wasn't on board because for them, you know, it's a safe, they want you to be safe. For them, it's, it's more of a mindset. And I, and I completely understand it. When you come from Haiti and you have zero opportunities to come to America and have a bunch of opportunities and for them to, for me to waste it and not fully take my potential to the next level, like be like a nurse. Oh, that's another thing. Either it's a nurse, doctor, or an, or an attorney or something like that. For them, it's a missed opportunity. And yeah. they're like, wait, we didn't come to this country for you to like play, right. like, you know, play yeah. in fashion. And they didn't see where, where that would be, where a job would come from that. So I think that I initially knew that I always wanted to do fashion, but as social media grew and I realized, oh wait, you can actually make money and you can do things based on your passion. I, I went crazy and I, I went full force with it. But it's just one of those things where, and I still now work my nine to five. I just don't work it as much because I'm doing NPR style, but I still am doing that because of the fact that it's like, you still need that, the Haitian girl in me is still in there that's saying, oh, you need that safety net. You know what I mean? Yeah. But that's the hard part. But I, I know I need to get to a place where I just say, okay, this is just what you're going to do a hundred percent, but it's just. It's, it's hard scary. to let go of that safety net. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's scary to jump and, you know, like, you don't anyone to ever say, I told you so, or we knew. Or you, right yeah. now, you're kind of playing both sides. You're like, you're doing this, but you're being safe. And so yeah. you're win. Yeah. So yeah. you don't want to enter that win-lose yeah. possibility. Yeah. But uh-huh. I mean, what what I've seen since you switched over to the NPR style, and mm-hmm. I get so excited about it. First of all, I, we get to see your husband. Uh, yes, yes, there's yes. That there's that moment for me. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the Everyone love that you saying the same thing. I had DMs about it, and yeah. then this one girl was like, "Is that your husband? If not, give me his number." I'm like, <laughs> "Relax, settle down, settle down." <laughs> but yeah. is that and the energy has definitely changed. Yeah, huge yeah. transfer of energy. Yeah, yes. huge switch. I mean, like yeah. literally. You and I spoke and yeah. it was launch and yeah. it was like, you took over Instagram. You took over this. I mean, it was just like fierce and it was, it was powerful and you were on the scene and you were, in, you were unapologetic. Yes. Extremely absolutely. unapologetic. There was absolutely. no pussy footing. There was no yeah. toe in. There was no, yeah. well, I yeah. hope you like it. It yeah. was I'm here, here I come. I'm yeah. here. I'm going to just go crazy yeah. and it's yeah. going to be good luck keeping up. Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. And it, it was not, it was not intent. Like my intention 
Yeah, this is not a versus. This is just a no, bro- no, 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 no. Yeah, absolutely totally not. new. But my my intention was was I scared? I was scared to leave partner mm. like as far yeah. as like leave that situation because it's something that I had been doing for three years. And although I we weren't growing as at the pace I would have wanted to grow, it was growing, and we had we were known. Yeah. So for me, leaving that behind was very difficult, right? Because it's kind of like again another safety net. But I also feel like I wanted to get to a space where I can just like not because of the fact that again, it's a partnership. So your page is based on two people and you can't really yeah. just express this yourself fully because you don't want to represent anything that you're, that someone else is not feeling for you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I can't really just necessarily say what I want to say if I, cause it's, it's both of us saying it in essence. So I think that having the freedom yeah. to just kind of like, do what I want to do when I want to do it and how I want to do it. And I just kind of wanted the people to get to know me better. Cause I felt like too, we're part in our style. We put up pictures and we, we did a lot, but I feel like people didn't get to know me as an individual. And I felt like that was so important that when I started MPR style, that I really kind of show up and, and people get to know me on a personal level. Cause yeah. I know that people want to know and be like, okay, so she's this girl and she likes this and she, you know what I mean? Cause I think that sometimes there can be a blur because of the fact that there was two of us, but I really right. wanted people to know who I was and kind of get to know me and yeah, meet my husband and meet, you know, just a little bit more about me and be a little bit more personable. Cause I think that people want that. If you're going to style them. Yeah. Them yeah as a that's thing, the thing. I mean, so. like they're hiring you. So yeah. let's talk about that for a minute because yes. I mean, hello, that's where we're here. So it's mpardstyle.com. Yeah. Yes. And I will have all of these accounts and Instagram and website. This will all be on the note, the show notes. So if you're looking for the, the, the connection here and the links, go in the show notes. You can see all that. That's there for her. So I know it was a couple of years ago, though, you, mm-hmm. did, you did the BET Awards. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so you've done New York Fashion Week, which please God follow her because her photos are insane wherever she's at. But there's just something magical about the New York Fashion Week photos. There's Thanks. just something about standing next to a subway set of stairs. Yes, absolutely. That's what I say. There's something about New York. Yes, there's just something. There's an energy about New York that, like, even like, I. I'm from New York, so I know that energy, but every time I go back, it's just like, God, why did I leave? Like, it's just so, it's just so New York and it's so perfect. And the creativity in New York, like when I go to New York Fashion Week, I'll bet you're off. off. Although pictures are being taken of me, I'm literally looking at the people walking by and I'm like, cause like the thing about it is it's hysteria. Yeah hysteria like it's like people walking fast and you know going and it's like kind of like you're going and then you know the saga stop you to take pictures of you whatever whatever but at the end of all of that to sit there and be sitting next to some of these people and you're just like what made you think to put that on because you look so bad like you're in awe of how good they look yeah and it's like they're looking at you saying oh wow you look really nice and you're just like you know (laughs) how did you decide to put that on it's just the creativity creativity and yeah. I think that there's something about New York and like even when I look at Paris Fashion Week and all those different shows and that's my next dream is to go to New York to Paris Fashion Week but when you see them you're like 
are you right. kidding me? Right. Like, so, yeah. But I mean, that's yeah. what that eye that you have, that's what you bring to your clients because you yes. do, you do everything from mood boards. Yes. So people yes. can hire you to do like just literally a mood board for yes. them to help yes. inspire what you look at them and you go, okay, you need an outfit for this. Exactly. How does that work? So basically with the mood boards, because I have like a lot of clients that are in a space where they're kind of either new moms or maybe they just graduated college and they're like going into the professional and then dating. So sometimes they have an idea of what they want. They just don't know what they want. Right. Mm. So they, but they have an idea. So I usually first things first, but we have to do a consultation, obviously, because I need to speak to you, kind of get to know who you are. Because you're, you're still doing this right now during COVID. Like you do this. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you could do virtually. Yeah. Virtual. And mood boards are like literally a board that I email you okay. and you see like colors and images based on our conversation. So like, it's just basically if you're having a conversation with your girlfriend and she just kind of writes down everything you says and she adds her input and then sends it to you like, okay, this is what I think you should do. Right. Yeah. Just like if you're dating a guy and you call your girlfriend, like, girl, so what should I do? Like, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I tell you, well, girl, let me tell you, quit that one, get with that one. Like, I just kind of give you an idea of what it is that you probably need in your closet for what you're going for. The hardest thing about styling, I think, is sometimes you'll have clients who are not really ready to take the leap. And that's okay. But I always tell them, like, my job is not to make you look like you, like how you, like, I want you to look like you, but I don't want you to look like how you look if the you uniform. were just yourself. Yeah. The t-shirt, the cardigan, the, the jeggings. We're going to take you out and we're going to add yes. a sparkly boot. I want to give, give you a little spark. <laughs> I want people to be like, what do you, what? How'd you, like, I, I understand that everybody wants to be a wow factor because believe it or not, I, I met a lot of people who were like, well, you look really good, but I couldn't do that. Or I didn't want to, I wouldn't want to wear that. Or I, or I couldn't, or I couldn't. And I get Always, that. Yeah. But my job is more so to say, okay, I understand you can do that, but how about if you try and do this? Just push yourself just a little bit out there because I think that styling is such a personal thing because you want to get to know someone, but at the same time, you don't want to change who they are, but you still want them to flourish in who they are. If that yeah. makes any, yeah. No, it's funny because as you're sitting here talking, I'm like going, she's an energy worker. <laughs> like, like you're tapping into some energy and pulling pieces out of people that they might not even know that that is in there. That's, I mean, you're, yes. that's what you're doing. Yes. You want it to be an experience. I want it to be a transportive. It's a personal thing because yeah. clothes, is telling, t- clothes is telling a story. And I tell people all the time, when I get dressed, it depends on my mood. Like mm-hmm. if I decide, oh, I want to be boho chic today, or I want to be, you know, Princess like a daughter, or, right? With like, right. Yeah, with like a <laughs> headpiece. There's so many different aspects of fashion and so many, every time you put on something, you're telling a story. Even if you decide, oh, I'm going to put on sweats and a t-shirt, you're telling a story that maybe today I'm, I'm, you know, it's not, your, it's not your day. It's, it's, it's not my, my best day. day. <laughs> no matter what, yeah. every time you put on clothes, even if you don't subconsciously, you're telling a story. Right, and when you go where, out there, yeah, that's where the world meets you. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly. where, how the world absorbs exactly. your, your everything your and who you are. Exactly. Yeah. So I think that for me, I always tell people and I remind people that, you know, although styling seems such like a vain thing and fashion seems so vain, it really isn't. It really is something personal and you should really take the time to invest in yourself. It has a lot to do with who you are, believe it or not. Even the colors you choose, what you choose to wear. If you decide to wear something bright or, or dark, it all has, it all comes together. 
to which yeah. you are. Yeah. We always tell our older kids, because I've got a, a daughter who's getting ready to graduate and enter the workforce, which now I'm like, maybe I should get her a styling session with you because she's <laughs> down in Fort Lauderdale. Yeah. And then my son, you know, we always tell them to wear the clothes of the job that you want, not the job that you necessarily have. You know, like my son will say stuff like, well, I can just wear a polo and khakis, which I know he just got off the floor of his bedroom. Yeah. And, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, but what is your boss wearing? Yep. Is he wearing a button down? Is he wearing yep. like proper pants or is he wearing Absolutely. khakis? What kind of shoes is he wearing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because what ends up happening is when you walk into that room, that's a conversation starter. He's going to be like, oh, you look nice. Like, yep. where, where, you know, where are you going? Like, oh, okay. So like now he's made one introduce you to someone else in the business or someone else, another partner or someone who's higher than him. Like, Meet this young man because you look so nice. Well, let's go out to lunch. I, I want to talk more to you. Yep. Clothes are such a big part of how you represent yourself because it's the first thing that people see. First thing. Yep. No matter what people say, oh, I want to get to know you. Approachable, yeah. they, cut off, yeah. whatever. And of course, this goes back to, okay, you're so gracious and loving and kind with me because I backdoor DM you and go, am I allowed to wear that? <laughs> I really like your hair. Am I allowed to do that? And you're like, yeah. no, you are not. <laughs> I really like that necklace. Am I allowed to wear that? No, Meredith, you're not. And you're just so good with me. And I love you so much for it. But I want to talk about that today. Yes, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So I say this to say, the appropriation of culture is not something that is new. I, I know it seems new because right. we're talking about it more, obviously. When I say that, I mean to say, like, for example, like if Kim K is wearing like box braids, right? They're, they're and that's it. where that comes off the top of the head in the French braid, but it's inside. Yeah, yep. exactly. So they're calling it that. And we've been wearing box braids. African-Americans have been wearing black box braids from like forever. Right. And when you go to like a Vogue or you go to like a, a magazine and they talk about it as if Kim came out with it or she is the one who invented it's, the style. It's fashion, it's, now it's fashionable. Now it's because before we, you might not even have gotten a job if you decided to wear your hair like that. If you decide to go to a job and wear your hair that way, you may not have even gotten the job. You get what I'm saying? Like even simple stuff is like how colored hair, like that's something that even though that's something that African-Americans like were wearing like pink hair and purple hair for, for years now. And I'm not saying that that's something that belongs to us because I think that everyone, anyone can color their hair, obviously. But I just think that there's an appropriation of the culture is now being where it's so cool to be black that everyone wants to do it more so, but you're not black. So you don't really understand what it is. So I don't think you should just take over the culture without understanding what it is. The same way, like my nephew has dreads, right? That's something that came from uh, Jamaica. That's something that Rastas do, right? And when he wanted to, when he got the dreads at first, my sister was like, okay, whatever, he can have it. But then she had to have a conversation with him as to why do you want them? The thing is, is that like clothes, like hair, like jewelry, like everything, it represents who you are in, in a sense. So yeah. if you don't know why you're wearing what you're wearing and you're just wearing it because it's a trend and you think it looks cool, that becomes the problem because then it's like, but you don't understand what it is to be black. So you shouldn't be able to just do that just because of the fact that you find it to be cool because these magazines are now selling it as if 
it's a Kim K thing, but it's not Kim K. It was never Kim K. You know what I mean? It's something that we've had for years. And you are now saying that, oh, Kim K is the one who came up with box braids. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, it's off-putting and it's very disrespectful because it's something that our culture has had for so long. So yeah. I think that's, that's the thing that becomes, where it becomes very questionable for me. And but, so like, and, and you do wear every, I mean, when people go to your Instagram account yes. and when yeah. they go to your, your website, they're going to mm-hmm. see the most amazing clothes and hair and makeup and jewelry. And, and I've messaged you before. I'm like, okay, I love that necklace. And you've explained it in such a way today also and in, in the past for me because mm-hmm. I said okay I love that necklace because you're like here support this jewelry designer mm-hmm. and I'm like mm-hmm. okay I really like that yeah. and then you know because I think that this is huge that we need to to, to walk the conversation yeah. yeah of of supporting black businesses black restaurants black designers black businesses. I actually changed my bank to a bank that supports Black Lives Matter movement. I literally opened an account and sat there with my nine-year-old or my 12-year-old daughter and explained to the bank manager, we are opening this account based on what I've read about your company. Like Uh we can support without appropriating. Exactly. No, absolutely. And the thing about it is, is that not to be in a sense of like, oh, this is all ours and you can't have it. Not saying that but understand where the culture comes from and respect the culture and don't just say oh i'm just going to i'm just going to do it because you know it looks so good on so and so right mm-hmm. learn about the culture learn about it before you just do it right i don't like at the end of the day if if i see someone doing it am i going to be like oh my god you shouldn't be doing that you're not no but at the same time understand where it comes from that's the yeah. thing. And a lot of times people don't understand where it comes from and they're just rocking it and like it's theirs. You get yeah. what I'm saying? And that's that's the thing that kind of, because I think the same way, like if I wear a shirt that says something, I need to know what it means. I, I would never wear a shirt that doesn't, I don't understand what it means because then I'm representing something that I don't know, I know nothing about. That's huge with my kids. Like I'm so aware of what's on the front of their clothes and if it's, you know, if it represents laziness or I, I know that sounds or negativity in any way, shape, or form. I'm yeah. super, super aware of of that as well. And it's an energy thing. And I think that right now too, like we're having this conversation and I'm like, I'm watching that we're kind of on this weird bubble of mm-hmm. okay, what's mine? What's yours? Where are we going? We want to have the same, but I like really look up to you, but I really want to have it, but it's not mine. And I and I think eventually we probably, you know, maybe a hundred years from now, it'll all kind of morph into one oh, big blob absolutely. of yeah. we'll all have the same color skin, we'll all have the same type. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. just genetics yeah. we're going to get yeah. there. But I think like what you're saying right now is kind of have an, like honor it. Give me some honor of where I've come from. Do not make my slave, which you you scoffed at my hair. Mm -hmm. You scoffed Mm -hmm. at my hair 200 years ago. And now- You scoffed at my butt. Like they had a museum with an African-American woman who had the hugest butt. Like she had the biggest butt in the world at the time. And they put her up in a museum Mm -hmm. on on the slave rack and just was like, this is- like, it's just, and now you see, like, there are women out there, just actually white women as well, and even our people, but they're injecting stuff in their butts to make it big. And this is something that wasn't cool. And I just feel like this is where, this is where we're at now. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I just find it to be 
really disappointing. Really yeah. disappointing. Yeah. And I think I think we'll get there. But and 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 it was funny because I did the podcast. When people will listen to this, they'll hear last week's podcast. And what I talked about in what was last Tuesday's podcast now is Mm -hmm. I'm going to screw up a lot over the next four weeks. I'm going to say the wrong thing and ask, but I, this podcast, and I've been thinking about this a lot since I recorded the first one. Mm -hmm. This podcast that I'm doing the next couple of weeks, this isn't for people of color. This, no. this podcast is for white people to listen to and to learn from. So yeah. if I screw up and a person of color is listening to this, please understand I am falling all over my feet to bring this information and understanding. And you are so gracious to, to teach us, you know, the number one thing is like, you know, it's not my job to teach you, but you're here and mm-hmm. being gracious and bringing what you do and your love and your passion of people and, and Haitian people and fashion and just being so kind to, to be here with me. But this is for the white people to listen to. This yeah. is a, you know, this is an education and I don't, moment. And I don't want, the thing about it is, is that like at the end of the day, in order for people to learn, they do have to ask questions, right? So I'm not in a space where I'm going to be like, don't ask me, like, you need to look it up, go learn. (laughs) But there's a way you can do it that's not offensive. And I think that for years, white people have done it in a way that's offensive. And it becomes to a point where you don't know in your mind if it's them being racist or if if they just don't know, you know what I mean? But at some point or another, you know, like ignorance is bliss. And at some point, come on, like, you know what I mean? You got to know. But I think that I agree with you. I think there has to be a conversation, right? Am I going to give you a whole history lesson? No, no, you know what it is. You know what happened. You know, the history of black people in this country, like there's no need for me to, to backtrack to that far. But if there's something you're confused about as far as what can you wear and, and things of that nature, and even something as simple as, is it okay if I say, can I touch your hair? I will tell you, no, it's not okay for you to say that. <laughs> my arms, you know what I mean? My head just I'm fell not off. Saying to you, and <laughs> right. I'm not saying to you, can I touch your hair? Like, you know what I mean? So I right. think that you have to also use your common sense because think about when we were, when black people were being sold, they were, prodded and touched because people were like, oh my God, why does your skin look like that? Or why oh are you? Oh my God. Wow. So when you, as an African-American, when you think of that and then someone comes to you at your place of work, you're, you're working or whatever, wherever you are, and you say, oh, you. it becomes like back up. Like, you know what I mean? Because Wow. I, I honestly, thing. you're, you just threw me in my seat. You just threw me you in my, that's, like, that's, you just literally like I'm wearing a 10 seat belt. I, I have never thought about it in that way. Nope. And I've yeah. thought about a lot of things, a lot of ways. It's almost like objectifying and putting you back on the block. I mean, that's yeah. kind of really, really screwed up. And I am mm-hmm. shook right now. Mm-hmm. I actually was thinking about that last night because I am crazy and I just don't stop thinking. But I was thinking about it last I love night. how your brain works, though. I know it's never stops. It yeah. never, and I want to know everything and I yeah. want to make it right because I think about like, People are like, oh, Meredith, you have tight skin. I don't know. My dad's always said that. Yeah. And, and I, you know, freckles or whatever mm-hmm. and gray hair. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't. Oh, God, I'm freaking out right now. You just so fucking, you just schooled me so good. And I was like, I don't think I would really be upset if someone like was touching my skin or my hair. And now you just literally. So if anyone that's listening, please, God, oh, just rewind this a hundred thousand times and listen to what she just said, because 
she just cracked my brain open. And I love you so much for just saying this because I was just in this space last night and, and now it's, I get it. And I just, I thank you for this one moment. <laughs> like I'm just, Oh, you're very welcome. That's why we're having the conversation. No, it's, it's like, that's the thing. Like, and the thing about it is, is that I'm open to it when yeah. it's coming from a place of, I really just want to know because I really don't know. Like it's not a space of being disauthentic where you're saying it, just <laughs> saying it like just to say it, like just because yeah. you, you really want to understand. And the fact that you just got chills with what I said just made me understand, oh, she gets it. Because that's how I feel every time someone says, oh, can I touch your hair? Or, oh my God, it's like your skin, like, Every time someone comes, like, yes, you can say, oh, you have such beautiful skin. Fine. Which you do, yeah. But for you to actually want to come and touch my face, to think that at the time you have ancestors who have gone through this and, you know, in a way that was so degrading is the thing that you have to really, you know, consider and think about. And for I just me, keep going. I know this is, I just keep going to checking teeth. Mm-hmm. I literally keep going there over and over and mm-hmm. someone walking towards you as my beloved friend and you having that energetic moment of they're checking me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whether yeah. it doesn't matter what their intention is. If it's you're, good or bad. Yep. Cause yeah. you're going to receive just- it. Your energy body is receiving that in a way that my energy body is not going to receive that. I have mm-hmm. no ancestral connection to it i have so i cannot Mm -hmm. put myself in your shoes and try to energetically i mean i can because i'm empathic and so i'm making myself step inside and that's why i keep going it's like they're going to check your teeth and Mm -hmm. i am i just Mm -hmm. i mean and so we could talk about this for four hours but Mm -hmm. i want to talk about what has and hasn't changed as a woman, as a woman of color, as a Haitian woman of color in Miami, which is very multicultural, however, yes. what, what are you seeing, especially after November, especially after the last four years, you know, politics aside, there's still been an energy in this country that you Mm -hmm. have seen Mm -hmm. change for good or the bad. So the good is the conversations. Like I'm so open to the conversations, right? Like I've even had conversations with my boss at work and like the conversations that are being, that are being opened about like white privilege, like having the conversation. And I consider my boss to be a very liberal person, but having the conversation with him about whether or not there is such a thing as white privilege was difficult because he didn't kind of understand the concept. But after the insertion uh, at, at the White House, like, at the Capitol. Uh, yeah. He got it. And I think that the conversations are happening, right? Have I seen that much change? No, not really. I do know that there is a space where people are like, oh, okay, they want to make sure they, they are opening up doors to have more, you know, African-Americans in places of power or maybe as, as a CEO. Change is coming. I just haven't really fully seen it yet. Yeah. But I'm, I'm never, I've never been someone who's like, oh, it's never going to happen. I'm never that person. Cause I do believe if you think that way, it's never going to happen. Right. I do believe in how you think and how you move. And that's something that I had to work on personally for years now, because I've been someone who I, I will think of something and I'll think of it the worst way because in your mind, however you think is what's going to end up happening. Yeah. But I do believe that change is coming. I, have I seen it yet? Not fully, but I do like the conversations that are happening. Cause I feel like 
when you have these conversations, there's going to be someone of power or someone who says, gets an aha moment and does something about it. Right. So that's why I am happy about the conversations, but being, it's so funny you say that being a black woman, just in general, and even though I'm Haitian American, I do consider myself to be African American as well, obviously, because at the end of the day, when I go into a store, no one's looking at me like, oh, she must be Haitian. They're looking at me as a black woman. Right. So that's the other thing. Like, I don't live in a space of, oh, I'm Haitian and he's Black, or I'm Haitian and she's Black. Yeah. Yes, our cultures are different and we grew up different, but at the same time, our experiences are the same. Because in America, your experience is the same if you're colored, period. Yeah. But one of the things that I can say that has really made me realize that, um, like in fashion, it's a very, it's ruled by, by white power. It really is, because although we're cool, it's cool to to be black and to have the culture and to have the style and, and things of that nature. And you find people appropriating it all the time. The chances of you getting a job within that is slim to none. You know, they don't have enough African-Americans in the conference room or in these places of power, in these fashion houses, telling them, because if they did, they would be telling them that, no, this is not a good idea. This is not a good idea to put, like when Gucci did that brand where they had the all black and then the red lips, like, when you see these things, when you see these things, you know that there's not a you know there's not an African person, American person. Because if I was in, in the that building, building I'd, be like, I'd be like, "Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I don't think that's a good idea." Like, let me think about how that's gonna look. You know what I mean? So there's just been so many moments where these things have happened that you know that there's not enough African Americans in the room. Yeah, and that's a problem because in order to for America to be to be fully diverse, we have to start like really opening our eyes to welcoming everyone on the table because everyone has a say, like everyone wants to say something. And if you don't be care, if you're not careful, you will offend everyone because the fact that America is so diverse. So you can't really, you can't really just ascertain to the one view of what you think it's supposed to look like or what it looks like for so long. Yeah. And I think that to be honest, there's a lot of connections that people Uh, Caucasians have that black people don't have like for example like I remember like for me like if I wanted to do an intern I have to like really dig deep unless I happen to know someone who knows someone who knows someone Mm -hmm. but like and that's just not even in fashion that's just in general interning is such a big part of learning and and growing and networking and especially in Miami Cubans kind of taken over as far as in the fashion world so if you want to get into like you have to find your way in there, but you have to find someone who knows someone who knows someone. It's very rare that they're going to put on this African-American girl. They're going to put on the Cuban girl before they're probably put on the African-American girl. And it's sad, but it is what it is. Like even the connection, like having an intern where Molly could probably get an internship at Vogue versus me because of the fact that I don't know someone that Molly's mom knows. So it's that almost that not generational wealth, but generational connections. Yeah. And you know that's I mean? a sense of wealth. It's a Having sense of wealth. Sense of wealth. Yeah, one hundred percent. And I actually talked to my kids about that a while back, and they're you know it's very naive white kids in the suburbs, and I'm like, mm-hmm. no, you're not understanding the fact that your stepfather or your grandfather <laughs> knows that person, and we can make that phone call. Mm-hmm. That's privilege, yep. you know. Like, and so you need to understand that that ease, mm-hmm. you know. And that's when I I explain to my kids. Because you'll hear people, they'll go, well, 
well, I grew up poor and, you know, we were on food stamps and, yeah. you know, we were in section eight housing. I go, yeah. yeah, but the color of your skin wasn't one of those problems. Exactly. Cause add all of that and then being the color of your skin. Right. And it's just a generational thing because when you don't know better, you don't do better. Right. So the thing that I always try and explain to people is that white people have always had an upper hand. Y'all had an upper hand from 400 years ago and before, like y'all have had an upper hand. So it's like, we're just playing catch up. So at the end of the day, because we're playing catch up, we're really just trying to catch up. There's so many things that we're just now learning that we should have probably known generations ago. But because that generation didn't know it and that generation didn't know it, they didn't teach you. So you didn't know it either. So those things... Just I, I was I was just on a uh, a Facebook page, mm-hmm. and and the one guy goes, "Did you white guys? Did you were were you taught to invest your money and buy stocks? Like, I was never taught. Like, and he was pissed. He's like, I was never taught that nope. I should be nope. 401k and investing. And as soon as I can buy a house to buy one and buy a mm-hmm. duplex and let them pay your rent, like all this mind map of mm-hmm. finances mm-hmm. that is very mm-hmm. commonplace at a white mm-hmm. person's dinner table. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you wake up as a 20 something African-American man or woman and go, what? No one taught me that. No exactly. one taught me to pay attention. Exactly. But, but, and I tell my kids this because everyone goes, well, they have, and I go, but their parents didn't know. Their we're parents s- didn't know. Their parents, their parents' parents yeah. didn't know. Yeah, we're so it's like, how are they going to learn? Right, yeah. we're ahead of the game, and this is why this podcast is because you know there's somebody. Well, we are all equal now, and I'm like, no, Wells no. Fargo yeah. Bank was just in black neighborhood churches doing banking at nine and a half percent rate for homeowner mortgages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So while we're yeah. white people are at three percent, welcome mm-hmm. with the red carpet into the bank, yeah. and mm-hmm. they're going to black churches at ten percent interest rate for mortgages. Tell me, it is still it's and still the black happening. people are going to do it because for them owning a house and that's the American dream. Right. Give so it for to them, me. Yep, they yep. made it. And right. The thing about it is too is is that it's not a woe is me nope type story, but at the same time, it is a, a place where that like, I don't want to get the job just because I'm African-American, right? I want to get the job because I'm good. But at the same time- You don't want to not get the job because you're African-American. Yeah, I don't want to just get the, like, I don't want to get the job just because I'm African-American. Like, don't give it to me just because, but give it, give me the opportunity to show you. You get what I'm saying? Like, give me the opportunity. Don't just do it to meet a quota, right? Yeah. And I think the hardest thing for people to come to grasp with is the fact that it's not as easy as it looks. And I think that, like you said, a lot of times people only see things through their lens because they, they, that's the only lens they have to look through. You know what I mean? Yeah. And until you have the conversations that we're having and until you really kind of talk to someone or really understand that, it's not, it's not black and white. You know what I mean? It's just not black and white. And the opportunities, like I said, and to be honest, as an African-American woman, I've been blessed. I haven't had many moments where I can say that, but I know that there are more opportunities I could have gained had my color of my skin been different. Right. And and that's what I want to change. I mean, that's what, that's what I really want to push is like, I want people to wake up and understand that if they're in a position of power in a business Mm -hmm. and they're going to be bringing in 
seven stylists for a mm -hmm. photo shoot, or they're going to be bringing in 10 speakers to mm -hmm. their sales management team. Mm -hmm. You need to look at those folks and go, all right, we've got a white person, Asian person, a black person, a Hispanic, mm -hmm whatever, mm -hmm. like we've got men, we've got women, we are all across the board. We are not just hiring what looks like me exactly. because it's easy and exactly. comfortable. We need exactly. to wake up and not just hire ourselves and our children. Mm -hmm. And, and we need to understand is that there's, there's enough to go around for everybody. Mm -hmm. And when, when we all succeed, we all succeed. Yep. Absolutely. 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 And I think one of the best shows that I was watching, not to get off topic, is These Little Fires Everywhere, I think okay. it was, on whoever's listening. If you haven't watched it, go check it out. It's on Hulu, I believe. And it really gives you an eye opener of this discussion that we're having as far as being African-American and as far as being white and just the differences of how your life will turn out. So please go check it out um, yeah. on Hulu. It's, it's fantastic. It has Reese Witherspoon and I forgot the other young lady's name, Reese Witherspoon and Carrie Washington. She's been, she's uh Reese Witherspoon has been, she's been doing her due diligence. She has been doing her part. She has really been yes. pushing yes. some really yes. amazing content, female yes. forward yes. content and diverse content. Yes, and that's the has. other thing is it's not even just about diversity. It's mm -hmm. about equity. Mm. And having yep. a place at the table and inviting. And mm -hmm. I and I would ask and urge anyone that's listening to this and hopefully mm -hmm. white people are, you know, listening is I think that everyone needs to look around and ask yourselves if you're in a position of hiring or firing or bringing in consultants or your mm -hmm. spouses or your mm -hmm. children are and mm -hmm. start realizing that there is more with more. If you mm -hmm. bring people into your life and give mm -hmm. and, and, and surround yourself with diversity and everyone has equity in, in power, everyone has mm -hmm. equity in education and opportunities, your white person life will mm -hmm. be richer, happier, yep. more successful. You'll have Absolutely. a better sales team. You'll have a better product. You won't have a white face, black face, red lip mm -hmm. mask at Gucci jacking up all over the place. If we would start bringing everyone in and going, well, how do you feel about this? What is that? Yep. You're going to have a better white person experience. Yeah. Yeah. Than what yeah. you're trying to do now by holding all the power. Yeah. Absolutely. Because that's what's and happening. I think subconsciously, and I think subconsciously, do I think every white person realizes about white privilege? Obviously, they I don't think they do. But I think when when you do realize that there is, because it's a hard thing to to think about because I mean, who wants to give up the power? Like who wants to share the power, right? Like right. think about it, just like in general, as a human, even in a relationship, if you have the power, you want to keep the power. That's just the way it is. But I think that if you really look at it. If you are looking at it in a, in a sense is I don't get white privilege, A, get up and read a book because it's real. Yeah. Get up and read a book. But Call what me I or DM me. You could, yeah, I'll have a conversation with you because I get it. So if any one yeah. people want to have a conversation, I'm here for you. So yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the other thing, the other thing too is, is that we forget how easy it is to just 
for a moment, just the same way as like, I, I think about it, like when I see a poor person, right. And, you know, they're like asking for something to eat versus money or whatever the case may be. Like, we just want to eat. We don't, we're not trying to take anything from you. We just want to eat too. We ain't trying to, you know what I'm saying? No one's trying to take anything from you. No one's even trying to get revenge for right. those years before this. We just want to eat as well. That that's, is it. Like it has yep. nothing to do with taking away anything. We just would like to eat as well. That's it. We, that's all yep. we want. And that's what I, that's why what I've come to in the last 48 hours from recording the last podcast to getting on today with you is <laughs> my voice is to white people because that's who I should be talking to. I do not yeah. need to talk to black people. That's someone no. else's job. Yeah. And so my job is talking to other white people is get rid of the fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, open mm-hmm. your hand from trying to hold on to everything. Because mm-hmm. even like when you said in a relationship, you want to hold the power, but guess mm-hmm. what? You will never find true love without being vulnerable. Yeah. You will never find a true relationship and a true marriage until you share equity in your partnership. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. until uh, white people, and I know, I mean, I am not the, the, the white bandit with the cape. Cape, believe me, because mm-hmm. this is not, I do, I like don't even want black people to listen to this because I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to white people that I'm saying, listen, we need to do better. People yeah. should not be afraid. People should not be held down because of your and our and my insecurity over <laughs> holding power for one more minute. Because if you look at the day of insurrection and not one white person was shot storming the Capitol, mm-hmm. and help me, Tamir who the kid was shot at the park and within one second was holding the toy gun. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Mm -hmm. It's not okay. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely not. It's It's not okay. Yeah, it's definitely not. And I think that when you have a conversation with someone and they still say, well, did you guys see the Black Lives Matter? I mean, they were like, to have that conversation is so eye-opening. It's scary. Like, because... If you can't realize watching that and then saying, oh, but did you see how they were? Did you see them at the Black Lives Matter movement? To, to say that in, in reaction to that is completely mind baffling to me. Yeah. And I think that, but I do believe, I do believe that your kids' kids, my nephew's kids, as time goes on, I think it's going to, I think it's really going to change. And I really have faith that, and me and my husband say it all the time, they're just getting smarter and smarter. And because of social media and how you see everything on social media, like you see every single color and type of person, the world is so open now because of social media that at the end of the day, I think that I'm praying and hopefully that in 20 years, there won't be such a thing, right? We'll be in a space where it is really just equal. But at the same time, those backdoor channels that are like, because they are there, that are holding trying to hold back power. the power, that's going to, that has to change. And the way that's going to change is for them to start opening doors for African, letting African-American people in so that they can let someone else in and then let someone, you know what I mean? Yeah. So. And my it, life is richer knowing you. My life is richer knowing all the women that I'm having on the series this, this next two months. My life is richer by way of having you in my life, helping, being my friend, exposing me to stuff besides my world. I don't Mm -hmm. need to just see myself everywhere I go. 
I don't exactly. constantly need to see, wait, you know, now we're seeing it on commercials. We're mm-hmm. seeing it on television. We're Love seeing it, it on movies. Yep. It's coming and you're seeing it, you know, you're seeing mixed race couples on, mm-hmm. you know, Volkswagen commercials. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, and, and absolutely. I you're see it. seeing I see it. it. And, mm-hmm. and that to me is the temperature that the tide is changing, changing and it's yeah. up to us. Yeah. To but we can't make it just a trend. That's the thing. Right. And it I has to be held time. accountable. Yep. It can't be a trend. It has to be something that we're consistently working on yep. and we're consistently getting better at because the same thing, like with, like just with anything, you got to keep at it because if it's just something that, oh, we're just saying now we're just doing hashtags for, then that's not going to work. Like we have to stay on top of it because unfortunately there are some older people that are out there that want to kind of maintain. Yeah. Maintain, yep. maintain. And Dang. although they were like, Oh, we'll give them a, a couple of commercials, Ugh. you know, we'll do this a little bit. We'll do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like the NFL. So a little too late. Exactly. A little too late. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. I see the commercials, but how many, are there any stockholders? in Volkswagen like as there is any like is there any owners African-American owners like that's what I mean like I want to see more of us not just being displayed but displayed yes do you not put me on your commercial and then not actually hire me as manager director vice president sales and marketing Exactly. So forth. Yeah, I think, exactly. and I think that, like, honestly, having as scary as this is, I literally, this is the scariest interview, and I love you. And you're like, Meredith, it's gonna be fine. It's just we're gonna yeah. talk. Yeah. This was scary to me because it's super. It's so important to me, and I yeah. honestly, I started this podcast with this topic in mind that because yeah. I, I wanted to get here eventually. I took you know a couple months to get here, but I wanted to get here. I wanted to be ready. And, and I think that's so good that you did that. Like yeah. not to put you off, but I think that is oh, amazing yeah. that you started where you started because I think your viewers and your listeners, they want to get to know you, right? Yeah. As a person. <laughs> and then kind then walking into this, I think it kind of gave it a sense of, okay, so she's my friend and she's just really just telling me because I think the thing about it is, is that as people listen, they don't want to first hear you just go straight into like <laughs> the heavy topics. Of, even though all your topics have been heavy, but spiritually heavy. Not, right. not Personally, heavy. right? Not yeah, big, it's big, been big more stuff. Of a personal, yeah. I think it's been more of a spiritual and your voice is so great. By the way, I'm going to tell you that you sound amazing. I'm, I'm sure when I get off of here, I'm going to hate the way my voice sounds, but it takes a minute. Sound, <laughs> you sound amazing on here. Like, it's just like you were meant to do this. But I think that the fact that you are making sure that it's being heard is the important part. Yep. But I don't think the way strategically, the way you did it is perfect because first quarter, no one probably would have listened. They wouldn't like, who is she? And why is she telling me all this? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm saying your white counterparts rather would have been like maybe turned right. off. But I think yeah. now that they trust you with a couple of episodes in, they're like, okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I see what she's saying. Yeah. And I really, I really want to bridge information. Yeah. I'm not going to even say people, I'm going to say just information that maybe, mm-hmm. you know, my listeners aren't accessing, you know, mm-hmm. that maybe it's just not in front of them. And I want mm-hmm. them to see and hear a real story from a really amazing woman who's doing very cutting edge, first generation immigrant, intelligent, beautiful, you know, oh, wife you. and friend and, and, and entrepreneur stylist who I just, I have so much respect and I can't stop looking at your photos because they literally blow me away half the time. Oh, and I always comment that like, when you see the fire emoji go across, I'm like, that's because <laughs> I'm dying over Thank coffee. You. 
But thank you so very much for spending this time with me. I honor you and our friendship so much. I hold you to such high regard. I hope that everyone goes and please follow her at M. Piard style on Instagram and mpiardstyle.com. And all those will be in the show notes, all her links and, and just follow this amazing woman. And if you have questions about fashion or styling, she does all of this Yes, on zoom and you know, you can yes. do lookbooks and yes. she can do I do style sessions. Books, styling, yes. style sessions. The only thing that I'm not doing because of COVID obviously is um, I even still do photo shoots. Obviously we just have to follow the CDC guidelines, but yeah. I used to do when COVID hopefully soon, God willing, I'll be doing where I actually will be going into people's closets and showing them how to like style some of the things they have in your closet. Because sometimes we have amazing pieces in our closet and we just need to find a way to style them. Yeah. So yeah. And you're selling yeah. stuff on your website too. Yes, like some also, amazing yep. pieces are on yes. your website too. So a lot of the stuff that I had in my photo shoots, the last one, I'm selling them, getting rid of them. And then a lot of times too, like I get, I find great thrifting finds. Like, you do. All the time, like amazing things. And yes. people are always like, where'd you get that? And I'd be like, Oh, the, the, you know, Goodwill or American thrift. And I'm like, what? And yeah. I'm like, yeah. And people don't believe me. And then when I style it and they see how it can look, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's why I'm selling the pieces as well. We had some of me and Amazon. Like I find a lot of great things on Amazon. And I tell people all the time, Amazon should be like your Google for fashion. Like if you're looking for something really quick and just came to your mind, just put it in Amazon and nine times out of 10, you're going to find it. Well, that's where I got my sweater for Valentine's Day. I just did like a black sweater and it had like a cable knit, like cream heart on the front of it. And I had it in two days instead of like schlepping around and looking in this weather. But (laughs) yeah, yeah, you always have the most creative stuff and you literally get things from expensive to what, how is it? Not sheen. So Ian, yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's the, what your glasses are from, actually. Yeah. I mean, you always, yeah, yeah. she's so sweet. Yeah. She's, she's gifting me some of her glasses. I'm so excited yeah. about it. But yeah, so thank you so much for coming on and spending time. And I look forward to doing this again. We should do yeah, it soon. for like a women entrepreneur series that I plan on doing. So thank you so much. I am sending you nothing but positivity and blessings. And, you know, I just, I can't begin to thank you because you just changed my life today with literally, I want you to know from the bottom of my heart, you changed my life with expressing that, that bit of information about the hair and skin. And I hope that everyone else is able to really absorb that the weight of that, that information, because it really has changed my life. So thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that because that is a lot. And it's, it means everything to me that you would be so vulnerable and share that with, with myself and my listeners. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. You know, I'm a fan of yours. I appreciate you. And as you know, like I'm always here for you. DM questions, whatever you have, obviously I'm here to answer them for you. Thank you for having this platform and just wanting to kind of teach your white counterparts of what it is, you know what I mean? And what it looks like on the other side of the tracks. So I appreciate that. I really do. You're welcome. And now we can all do better now that we know better. So thank you so much. You're very welcome. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect on a more personal level, head over to MeredithWillets.com or on Instagram at Meredith with a Y for behind the scene footage and outtakes. Please subscribe and come back each week for more Meredith with a Y. Thanks again for listening. Cheers.